Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You say you'll never join the Navy. Never climb Mount Fuji on a port visit. Or break the sound barrier. Joining the Navy sounds crazy. Saying never actually is. Learn why at Navy.com. America's Navy. Forged by the sea. This podcast of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs, is sponsored by AAA Heating and Air. The premier HVAC company in the Midlands is growing. Are you a top HVAC technician? AAA Heating and Air is looking for dedicated applicants to fill their fast-growing service department with top-notch HVAC technicians. If you're the best, and they want you. If you're ready to stop working and start a career, you can earn up to $100,000 plus a year at AAA Heating and Air. Quality candidates will have at least two years' experience and a good driving record. Benefits include top industry salaries, commission on service and unit sales, set call limits, company-provided take-home vehicle and gas card, company-provided cell phone and tablet, health, dental, and vision benefits, 401k retirement plan with company match and scaled PTO based on length of service. Contact Roy and Dana Finley at 803-677-1500 or check out their job postings on Facebook or ZipRecruiter. Triple A air when you need us. Triple A heating and air. What we're talking about on 107.5 The Game. Sponsored by the power of Love Chevrolet. It's that time of year and no better time to say thank you to you, our valued customer. Love Chevy, your trusted family-owned dealership since 1961. I-26 at Harbison and at lovechevy.com. Find new roads. The Extra Point on your home of the game, Cox. 107.5 The Game. All right, it is 9 o'clock on the dot. This is The Extra Point. I am Tyler Head, back home in the Herndon Chevrolet Studios. As you've heard us talking about all week, Gamecock Central is taking over for the entire three hours, going all the way until 12 o'clock. They're out at Firehouse Subs at 3250 Forest Drive. Chris, Wes Preston, can you hear me? Loud and clear. (laughs) Kidding. Yeah, we got you, Tyler. What's going on, man? Uh, it's the magic of live radio when you're doing remotes. Sometimes you just have to make sure. Yes. Um, how's it going in the studio? <laughs> All good here. How's it going out at Firehouse Subs? I'm sure I'm going to be hankering for a Firehouse Sub by the time I leave here at 12. Yeah, go ahead. Be jealous. <laughs> Preston. Uh, I'm more impressed with that you use hankering in a sentence. I haven't heard that in a while. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm a man of many words, Preston. You'll learn that about me. Anchoring, that's a good one. We'll get, uh, is is Terry still here? We'll get Terry to deliver you a sub. Uh, bring it back to the studio. Yeah, you, you just send in your order there, Tyler. Okay. <laughs> I, I By the way, guys, I have Larry Chandler, the owner and operator of this Firehouse Subs and the other 14, other 13 in the Midlands, 14 total. He's going to be here, he told me, about 9.30. Hopefully... Y'all, y'all want to get him in for a segment later? I want to pitch my sub idea to Larry um, and, and kind of gauge his live reaction. Um, I have an idea for one. It's a little unconventional. What do you think, Preston? Unconventional you have subjects? Any ideas? Yep. I, 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 uh, I've been known to put together some things. 
Yeah. You are a sandwich purveyor. I, I am. I and uh, there's a a bevy of ingredients and sauces <laughs> bevy. and love and, it and fixings. I could I could do some damage. Mine requires something that I'm not sure if he has in the store. Okay, we might have to bring our own. So okay. we'll fi- we'll figure it out later. But uh, yeah, Preston, this is the first time you've joined us at a on location firehouse sub. So I'm pretty fired up. Hopefully, you can stay long enough to. Man, normally they bring us out the sampler platter. This stuff is really, really good. So hopefully you can check it out. I know we have a sub of the day that we'll talk about later today. And, guys, in about an hour at 10 a.m. or so, we are scheduled to be joined by Gamecocks defensive tackle Boogie Huntley. Preston, are you hanging around? you gonna you going to have a hard out about 10? you going to be able to? I might, I might stay for a little bit for Boogie. I well, might, we, I might we stay. Need, we need a little D tackle to D tackle yeah, conversation. Yeah, 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 yeah. We need we need some trench talk. I, I might say for <laughs> that a little bit. I, I was hoping for like some demonstrations. Oh no, no, no. no. He's, There's he, a lot of room in here. He, he he needs it. He's big and fit <laughs> and young. I am brittle, and I do not want none of those problems. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think there's plenty of room in here. Um, you know, this is one of the bigger locations. I think of Firehouse Subs. We're at 3250 Forest Drive, of course. Come on out and hang out with us. Uh, have a chance to meet Boogie. We'll get him on the air, guys, at about 10, probably for a few segments. If you want to come out, hang out with him. Heck, he'll probably take his, his picture with you. Uh, if you got something to sign, he can probably sign that. If you would like to utilize some of this space for a lineman demonstration, if you want Boogie Huntley to teach you, I don't know, Preston, what we got, the club rip, mm-hmm. uh, long arm lift. Mm-hmm. You know about the long arm lift? Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite ones favorite d-line drills so come see him we also have some free tickets to give away we'll do that later uh we actually are going to do that not in person this time but via phone is my understanding we're going to have you call in later and you got a chance to win tickets to one of two actually gamecock men's basketball games but wes what is going on this week friday the 13th actually in gamecock land What, what are we looking at in general with football recruiting what's on your mind today yeah, scary. Friday the thirteenth. <laughs> we'll see what happens this weekend. Um, I mean, you got speaking of South Carolina men's basketball, uh, they got a game tomorrow afternoon. Uh, Texas A and M. You've got South Carolina football going to be sort of honored, I guess you would say, at mm-hmm. halftime. That's always. I feel like fans always love that weekend where uh, you know football team gets honored at the men's basketball game. I think you can take a picture with the Palmetto Trophy at a CLA and. Uh, so that'll be cool. Then, of course, you got recruiting. Um, the high school window is kind of back open as far as visits go. Transfer portal, I, I think there's a good chance you're going to see some more transfer portal visitors on campus. As we've talked about throughout the week, I mean, the timeline, the crunch is here, I think, as far as when these guys are going to have to make decisions because you've got to start class at some point. Uh, again, the syllabus day has already passed. They're actually expecting you to turn in some quizzes at this point, I think. And so uh, if these guys want to be at South Carolina, they're going to have to make some decisions here pretty soon. So I I think you'll see guys in this weekend, probably maybe a high school guy or two in potentially in some of these following weekends. You know, I I think uh, Elijah Caldwell from Northwestern uh, probably going to be in at some point during the next couple weeks. So you're really looking at closing out the high school recruiting going into that February signing day and then. I mean, I I would say this weekend is kind of your your final opportunity for the most part to go ahead and and lock in these transfer portal guys. And um, I I would expect some of those names are going to start to really pop up today uh, as far as expected official visitors for South Carolina. Yeah, and uh, the dead period ended 
on January the 12th, or, um, which was yesterday, so January 13th today. So uh, another window where prospects, like you said, Wes, can now visit transfer guys, high school guys, junior college guys. They can be all on campus up until, I think, January 29th. So we're back in a contact period. Is that the Sunday? Be- that's the Sunday before the, the signing day. The signing day. For, yeah, so, yeah, so late signing day, of course. Uh, always the first Wednesday in February. That used to be, guys, the, the huge signing day. Now it's been watered down, diluted, whatever term you want to use because of the December signing day. But this year for South Carolina could still be interesting, right? Leading up to that day, you could see some transfers make decisions. They do not have to wait till signing day. They would generally transfers are just going to do financial aid, paperwork, and go ahead and enroll. And certainly South Carolina already has... I think six off the top of my head six guys that are either enrolled or enrolling from the transfer class at one time they had five and then Sidney Fugar from Western Illinois was added to that bunch so you do have the late signing day coming up and as you mentioned Wes Elijah Caldwell out there is a high school guy who could go up until that time period Nicholas Harbor we spent some time yesterday on the show talking about him that's another guy and, and we can get into him later but aside from guys actually going uh, on South Carolina's campus for visits, that's allowed. But the coaching staff, Wes, can also be out on the road. Uh, we know Shane Beamer can hit the road to go see 2023 priority targets you would very much anticipate. And, and we know that he will go see at some point Harbor, like I mentioned, Caldwell, hasn't used in-home visits for either of those guys, mm-hmm. um, and can also go and check in on some key 2024 targets this month as well at their schools. Yeah, and by the way, let me um, – de- details matter, kids, so let me uh, go ahead and correct myself already. It is it is 9.08. Um, I already have to issue a correction. <laughs> Football team will be in next week's basketball game, there not tomorrow. So uh, shout-out Colin Taylor for helping me out there. Um, I saw the headline of the email, and I guess I didn't read the details. Okay. So. I mean, they should still go to the basketball game anyway. Yes. But if you're expecting – Yes, the next week's game. So thank you, Colin, for <laughs> correcting me there. Um, yeah, go to both. Go to all the games. Um, anyway, so Preston, did you have a big signing ceremony uh, when you signed? No. No, uh, not, not it, at all? It, it, it had just kind of started to be a thing. Yeah. And, um, no, we, uh, we, waited, we waited for the facts. We got the, got the paper. The facts. Signed it, in, signed it in Coach McKissick's office. And uh, then I had baseball practice after that, so it was that. That was just that. That was that. It no, was, it no, was no fanfare. I didn't get out of school early. <laughs> My mother didn't take me out to lunch. It was a uh, sign the paper. Congratulations, good job, young man. Now you better get out to baseball practice. Yeah, now go uh, go take BP. <laughs> go sh- And you know, it's, and it was. I guess that was in early February, so this is the worst possible time to be practicing baseball. It's cold and wet and rainy. Yeah. So yeah, that that was the extent of my uh, of my signing day ceremony. It wasn't a big deal. What position did you play in baseball? First base. Okay. First base, lefty. You get that stretch. Yeah. You know, my favorite part of playing first base was uh, picking off runners, and then you just put that extra hard slap on the hand, just <laughs> and just kind of look at them like, "What's up? <laughs> what you gonna do?" You do a little base stealing. Any, any bases? <laughs> well. I think the term was secondary stealing, where you kind of get the lead a little bit, and okay. if the ball gets by the catcher, you 
can eventually. You didn't just take off. No, nah, no straight, ba- no straight oh. stealing. No, nah, that wasn't my wasn't my forte. <laughs> wasn't wasn't my thing. Were, were you pretty good at baseball? I was, man. Yeah. That's actually my proudest athletic accomplishment. I mean, I did oh. play in the SEC, but I was all state my senior year in baseball. Wow. Yeah, okay. man. So that's that's that, really that cool. is my uh, that's my proudest significant. I was just thinking about that the other day. Out of all my uh, athletic accomplishments. All-State baseball my senior year is number one. And then number two was in seventh grade in YMCA basketball, I scored 22 points. And that was like I was I was in the zone. I was locked in. And that was probably my, my two proudest athletic moments. Did you hit some bombs your senior year? Like were you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, uh, yeah. I think like maybe obviously like home runs like sacks, you know, it's not enough. But I think it was like 11 or 12. Dude, that's a ton in a high school yeah, baseball season. Yeah, it was, it was, I was alright. Did right. you play like probably eighteen games? Like high school that's baseball? Like, yeah, yeah, I think you end up playing like twenty five when you need to okay. the playoffs by yeah. the end of that. I think I hit like eleven. And you're like playing that. good competition. Like yeah, we in was, your classification. We were good, man. We were good. We played uh we played all the all the big dogs coming down to some of matter of fact I think we got eliminated by Richard Northeast right around the corner. So whenever mm-hmm. I whenever I moved to Columbia, I was like, oh, that's where Richard Northeast is. Okay, those are the clowns that beat us. <laughs> um, so yeah, I played with played with some good good teammates, good teams, and I, that's what I'm saying. This this is coming in my time of the year. I, I really enjoy enjoy baseball season for sure. Did you did you follow recruiting like when you got out of you know like do you, I know you pay attention to it some now because yeah. we talk about it here, but like. When you got out of college and just started working and everything, no. did you still pay attention? Yeah, you kind of right. took a little. Yeah, I think every every everybody that plays sports or college sports, especially, it's probably like a decompressed period where you just mm-hmm. have to get away from it totally, and you don't really want to know what's going on, and you just kind of have to separate yourself a little bit from it. Um, so as far as the recruiting, you kind of stop following that, and then I guess I started picking up recruiting a little bit later. When when I was coaching, when some of my players were starting to get mm-hmm, recruited, mm-hmm. and that's when you start paying attention a little bit more, and you get a chance to know a lot of the coaches on the trail. And then as you get older, you start to realize that you they they become they're your peers now, and so you know these guys, and you know you've seen them come into schools. And I think about uh, Justin Step. Mm-hmm. You know, I developed a relationship. I coached with I coached with Josh for a little while, and then Justin, I saw him sort of make his rise. Right, I saw mm-hmm. him recruiting kids at when he was sort of just coming around with Clemson he wasn't recruiting he was just around and then he got to App State and he's recruiting guys and we saw that's how we sort of built our relationship so I've seen some of these different coaches rise up the ranks and you get a feel for you know who's who's good who's not who's going to be good and and so I just bring up Justin because he was always such a great great person in the schools when he was recruiting at every single level. And that, unfortunately, you can't say that for every coach, even every coach who's worn Gamecock colors. But uh, Justin was always, always a A-plus recruiter. And A-plus, see, the way he treated people in the schools was always wonderful. I do think it's cool to see um, the guys like you're talking about, and you can kind of you can kind of be like, all right, that that guy's probably going somewhere, and then you're kind of paying attention. What what's the next step? Mm-hmm. And um, the guys that you played with or were around are like starting to get to those ages where they're like getting to maybe some upper level yep. type jobs. Um, and it's it's kind of the same for me. Like guys, either I went to school with or even um, guys we cover in recruiting have started to get into the the coaching side of things. And it was before it was like, oh yeah, I knew that guy, and he's like. 
a grad assistant or something. Like he's in the now. It's like oh, he's a defensive coordinator. Like that's uh, that, I mean, like yeah. you look at a guy. There's some former Gamecocks. Chris Hampton. Chris Hampton. Yeah, defensive coordinator at Tulane. Yeah, and uh, you know they had a phenomenal season this year. Beat Southern Cal, and um, you know I, you're sitting there like, well, is that guy one day going to end up at, at South Carolina? You know, Travion Robertson. Uh, did a really good job uh, at Georgia State with their defensive line, and now I guess he's at Tulane, he's at uh, Tulane. with uh, Chris Hampton. Yep. Um, Addison Williams just got named, uh, yeah. you know, Central Florida's yep. defensive coordinator. Worked his way up. I think he was at Coastal as a uh, DB's coach. Then he was at UCF as DB's coach. He just got, um, you know, promoted there. So I-, I think it's pretty cool when you start to see these guys that were here at Carolina as players during like. The window we were here, and now they're getting to that point where they're they're getting those big jobs. We're out here at uh, the Firehouse Subs Forest Drive location. That's thirty two fifty Forest Drive. We'll be here nine to noon uh, for an extended edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hours or Hours, I should say. Come on out and see us. About forty five minutes, we'll be joined by Boogie Huntley. I'm out here with Wes and with Preston and the rest of the crew. Come see us on the other side of the break. We'll keep talking about talk about some more of the former Gamecock Center in the coaching industry and kind of dive a little. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast, where each week we watch every episode of Smallville, a show that changed our lives forever and perhaps your lives too. I'm Michael Rosenbaum. Hello, I am Tom Welling. What was the sign off now? Always remember Talkville. That's it. Always hold on to Smallville, folks. We love you. Couldn't do it without you. We've got a great season two coming up. Catch up with season one or start season two on YouTube or wherever you listen. You say you'll never join the Navy, never live on a submarine, or power a ship with nuclear energy. Joining the Navy sounds crazy. Saying never actually is. Learn why at Navy.com. America's Navy, forged by the sea. But deeper into that, I'll be right back. The game. Stop by or shop online today and see why Herndon Chevrolet makes you smile. The Extra Point on your home of the game, Cox. 107.5 The Game. It is the extra point on 107.5 The Game. 21 minutes after 9 o'clock. Tyler back in the Herndon Chevrolet studio. Chris West and Preston out at Firehouse Subs at 3250 Forest Drive. Go hang out, get some food, and uh, hear Preston talk about his very impressive high school baseball career. Uh, very impressive is... <laughs> Maybe a little bit throwing a little sauce on it, but I'm proud of it. I'm, I can actually envision the sweet lefty swing in my head of Preston just hitting bombs. Beep. Preston, for perspective, I played high school baseball as well. I hit zero home runs. So <laughs> your career is very impressive to me. I know. Don't don't shortchange your accomplishments. I, like I said, I, I like I said, I I am. That's probably my thing that I'm most proud of. I will say that. That is awesome, though, because you, I mean, you played SEC football. That's a pretty, pretty good accomplishment. That was cool. That was great. It was none, awesome. Amazing. None of us even came, <laughs> even sniffed. That's not even the right word. We didn't even approach. Closest we, didn't we have, came to we play. We didn't have the thought. We, we've <laughs> been in an SEC stadium. That doesn't, yeah, that man, doesn't boy, count. The feeling of being locked in in that church gym when I was in seventh grade, playing for the Celtics, 22 points, man. 
I think about that a lot. <laughs> Celtics. <laughs> what was the team you played? Wait, who'd you drop we all play, those points on? The Warriors. The Pacers. It was, like, it was oh, the Warriors. Warrior. It was our, our nemesis. That's when the Warriors weren't any good. Yeah, it was, either, it, it was the, the bad Warriors. The bad like Warriors. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, we were just the Celtics because we had green T-shirts, and they were the Warriors because they had blue, blue shirts. You just matched the team to whatever whatever shirt you had laying around. Yeah. So we were talking before, uh, before the break about – some former Gamecock players that have become coaches. I was just thinking, like, so you brought up Wes, Chris Hampton, and you brought up AD. There's some other guys, of course, out there, Travian Robertson. And I was thinking about how, like, when those guys were playing. So AD was a smaller DB. Like, he, what was he listed at? 5'7", five, 5'8", five, 5'9", five, maybe. He's somewhere Probably in that listed range. Listed 5'9". Listed 5'9", so we'll give him 5'7", or so. So... And, and and Chris Hampton, who played, um, I, I remember at the beginning of the Spurrier era, he was out there. And I remember hearing those guys, man, these guys are such smart players. So, like, it's just not a surprise that they ended up being coaches. Any guys you played with that ended up coaching? Yeah. Who, um, who'd you have? Uh, Cedric Williams. Yep. Shout out to Ced. Yep. He just won, well the, won the HBCU yep. National Championship, yep. beat, beat down Coach Prime. <laughs> I was very happy about that. Uh, Travell Warren is coaching in, in the NFL now, and, you, and you're right; it's really interesting because there is a definite carryover. These, those were the dudes who were going to be more cerebral when we were playing. Got like, you know, I think about said all the time. He he loves watching film. Really, you know, like real. You know, <laughs> some coaches like, oh, I gotta watch. Like, this is what he wants to do, and um, it's just interesting. Those guys who seem to take a more cerebral approach to the game have a high football IQ, they tend to be the ones that carry over into into coaching. You got, uh, what, Nashawn Goddard? Nashawn, man, I'm, mm-hmm. yeah, Nashawn Goddard, uh, OL coach, Bennett Swaggart. Swaggart, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Corey Jenkins is Jen- at uh, Dreer. Jenkins at Dreer. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, lot of, a lot of guys. It's, sometimes it seems like a natural path, but then sometimes it's like, uh, I don't know if I want to do that necessarily, but – the dedication it takes to follow the career path of being a college coach is interesting because, you know, all of those guys have had to really, and I think about said, I think said was at Delta State, live, live, living in the Mississippi Delta, and that was kind of a, I don't think that was the best time of his life. Uh, Chris Hampton has been in some remote locations, so they have to really dedicate themselves to sort of rise up the ranks. And Chris was in the mix, West for the Arkansas job uh, this year. Yeah, and it it kind of seems like just a matter of time before he's going to take that next step. You know, obviously nothing wrong with Tulane, but he's the type of guy. It seems like sooner than later he's going to be at the Power Five. But well, he was, you know, he wasn't Power Five. He was at Duke for a while. You know, then moved over to Tulane. Got the obviously got the DC job there. So he's done extremely well. But to your point, like I think that is a decision that some guys have to make. Like a lot of guys go and they're high school coaches, like you've been pressing. But when you make that college jump. Like, some guys end up having kind of a meteoric rise. Like, you think about Dan Lanning at Oregon. You know, he was a GA, I think, like at Arizona State, and he just moved up super quick. And then if you can catch on in the Saban tree, mm-hmm. which he did, or the Kirby Smart tree, like, and catch on with the right people, you got a good chance. But, man, some of those guys, I remember seeing a job posting, I think, on Football Scoop, and it was, like, for a junior college job, and it was like, you know, you've got to be able to, you got to watch film. I mean, long job description. Watch film, go on the road recruiting, coach a position, blah, blah, blah. Um, no room and board. I think it was no stipend. Like, didn't even, you know, some of these guys would be like, I will give you a $2,000 stipend to work 80 hours a week or 100 hours a week. 
So, I mean, a lot of these guys really put in that time to, yeah, to get there. Yeah, as you were saying that, I was just thinking about some more guys. Uh, Tremaine Tyler, he was down at uh, Georgia Military. Right. kind of made his way to the Coastal Staff. I know they're in transition now, so I'm not sure what's going on with that. Jason Barnes was at, was on the Coastal Staff, started coaching high school, Georgia Military. Um yeah, there's a, there's a lot of guys that are that are in there, but as you said, it is a decision process that if you and that's why we can't ever really get too upset at some of the the numbers that you see when these major college coaches are making that money because for a lot of years most of these guys don't make squat and um and they they have a really long journey most of them to get to that point. I don't know why I was looking this up during the break. I guess it, it was just on my mind and talking about coaches, but. Steve's, do y'all know what Steve Spurrier's first contract was at South Carolina? The the dollar figure in 2005? He got a seven-year deal, which I think was kind of crazy at the time. Uh, 1.5. Wes? I think, I think Preston's close. I'm going to say, say 1.2. 1.25. 1.25 per season. In 2011, um, he, he got an extension with no salary change, but, you know, he got a bump because he led them to the SEC title game. I think he had some kind of clause in there. So in 2012, the best team in South Carolina football history, in my opinion, 2.88 million, 2.95, the next three years. Now, he did end up getting another bump. I think he ended up getting bumped to, like, 4 million now, which is, like, a pauper's salary (laughs) for an SEC football coach now. Uh, Shane Beamer, of course, just... Heck, over double, nearly tripled his salary. Um, and now, I mean, you look around, two coaches in the SEC, over $10 million a year. And so I think that's one of, I think that's one of the reasons uh, some players and some lawyers and some agents started looking around going, I think we got some more money in this pot where we can start doing a little, little sharing of the wealth. Yeah, the... Uh the fact is, South Carolina hired Steve Spurrier for the amount that now you would pay a top coordinator. You, you may, you may like be, a little lowish yeah, for you, a good coordinator. You may not even be able to get the guy um, <laughs> now. Yeah. And they, that was to get Steve freaking Spurrier, who <laughs> had he, won a national title. Yes, easily one of the best coaches of all time. Uh, Tyler, I know you said we had a caller um, – a minute ago with a question about the transfer portal. Do we still have said caller? Rob, go ahead. Appreciate you calling in to the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Good morning, guys. I do enjoy your, your guys' program in the morning. And the reason I'm calling, uh, we've heard so much about the transfer portal. And I'm hearing guys uh, in some of the exams, they're talking about the transfer portal and how there are so many guys that go in there and then they don't have a place to go. And their argument is something needs to be put in place once those guys go to the portal that they have nowhere to go. Well, my understanding is, and this is where I'm confused, is they they make that decision to go into the transfer portal. Now, they are implying that a lot of guys are just kind of thrown in there, but the coach says we can't use you anymore. How big a deal is that? So... I think what you're asking, Rob, is if guys are kind of forced out, like either they've graduated and maybe their scholarship isn't renewed or they have conversations with their current staff and there's kind of, hey, there's not really a role here for you. Is that kind of what you mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
I think I think the bigger concern that people have from from what we see, and thanks for the call, uh, by the way, Rob. Uh, the bigger concern seems like people that jump into the transfer portal. Y'all, y'all, you know, feel free to disagree. That maybe aren't making a great decision. Like obviously, like this happened before the advent of the transfer portal. Guys sometimes lost their scholarships for a variety of reasons, and that doesn't mean dismissed from the team. That can just mean, hey, you don't have a scholarship anymore. At some places like South Carolina, there are protections for athletes against that. As long as here at South Carolina you're working towards graduation until you graduate, your degree is is good generally. But there are those conversations that happen about, hey, look, man, realistically, you're not going to have much of a role next year. The bigger concern that it seems like people have within college football is kids jumping into the portal and not making a great decision about it mm-hmm. like just envisioning a better situation or playing time or a promise of something at another school yeah there's so many different conversations that are wrapped up appreciate the call i uh and i agree with you I, i'm with freedom comes responsibility and, and if you make that choice to jump into the transfer portal then you have to be responsible for whatever consequences happen after that and if that means you don't get a scholarship at another place then you know that's a learning lesson for you i guess what 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 i'm at is hopefully we can prevent the institutions can prevent as as chris was saying the athletes from making rash decisions or from making uninformed decisions in the process of be going into the portal um and by uninformed it might mean whether your coaches have told you the whole truth about their plans with you or whether or not they've revealed who else is going to be coming in as far as what you're going to be doing. So as long as they have all the information, once they make that decision, if they draw the short end of the stick and they're not able to come back to that institution or any other institution, then, you know, that's just a life lesson that they had to learn at that moment, in my opinion. I think with a lot of these cases, you have some bad advice going around. (laughs) And, um, like, I, I I know an example of a coach who's at a little bit lower level that I talked to, and he was just telling me an example. He's like, yeah, this kid we recruited out of high school, he entered the portal. He had, he had gone to another school, enters the portal after, like, one year. Like, he's just like, I'm out. And I said, he hits me up. He's like, coach, um, I'm in the portal now. I'm, I'm ready to come. And the coach is like, well, why, why are you assuming we have room for you now? <laughs> like, you you had your opportunity to come here. Like, I, I don't need your position anymore. And so, you know, that, that would be – an example of where somebody in that kid's life should have said, like, look, you can't assume the options you had before are going to automatically be there now. And so I do think, and I'm, I think it's a difficult situation to find the nuance of how do we continue to give the players power to where they're not just locked in somewhere. Like, if you want to transfer, you should be able to transfer. But is there a way to maybe put in some protections where you maybe maybe you you don't have to make a rash decision like look we're gonna make you set like we're gonna make you think about this first um and, and i don't know what that looks like because i think it's one of those things where you now that we have the transfer portal and a free transfer we're not going back to the ways <laughs> where you had to sit out before like that's not happening but yeah. is there a way to yeah. find some balance to this um to where guys aren't feeling like they need to just bounce around everywhere. And and is there something we could put into this thing where there are different rules? If, you're, if your coach dips out and leaves, then maybe it's a little bit different for you. I, I don't have the answers, but um, 
I guess we need to take a break. So we are here at Firehouse on uh, Forest Drive. Come on out, uh, hang out with us. We got Boogie Huntley in just under 30 minutes. Uh, he will be here. Um, if you want to try to block Boogie Huntley, we have plenty of room over here in the corner. Uh, we will reserve the right to put it on video and throw it on Twitter. But uh, So come on out. Uh, for Preston, Chris, I'm Wes. Uh, we'll be here on the other side. You say you'll never join the Navy, never live on a submarine, or power a ship with nuclear energy. Joining the Navy sounds crazy. Saying never actually is. Learn why at Navy.com. America's Navy, forged by the sea. Stop. We're talking about on 107.5 The Game. Sponsored by Love Chevrolet. Back in on the extra point on 107.5 The Game. Tyler back in the studio. The boys out of Firehouse Subs, 3250 Forest Drive. You can go by and see them. If you're not able to make it out there, you can be a part of the show by giving us a call, 803-404-6100. My sources tell me that when Boogie Huntley shows up, both Wes and Chris are going to attempt to stop his pass rush. Not... No, nope. your sources are wrong. Double uh, two. Sorry. Two is better than one. Hey, you might have to check those sources. If we get, I'll tell you what, Preston, Wes, and myself no, will see, effort Pre- that. Preston can coach you guys. <laughs> he knows what you need to do. He is he a coach. He needs to tell you how to do it. It's just leverage. Okay. He just can leverage. tell us, but it will not be executed. <laughs> it is not just leverage. With the, uh, <laughs> low man wins. Well, we got it in our case. That. Yeah, yeah. By by default, we we'll, we might be lower. We will not win. That will that will definitely uh, completely shatter that theory of football and the window behind us. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of, oh, here the he man comes. is here early. He's coming up. He's got a full gallon of water. My understanding, guys, they just finished workouts. So, okay. but you're gonna try to hydrate. We'll get him on. We'll Luke's let him take a nap before. Uh, yeah, he's gonna go in the corner and just hang out, take a nap. We'll get him on though in a few minutes. Again, we're at 3250. Forest Drive out at Firehouse Subs, and Boogie Huntley just walked in the door. He's here in the flesh, so we're going to talk to him. Uh, come up here, have a chance to meet Boogie, maybe take your picture, get his autograph. We're also going to have him on here to talk about, guys, all sorts of things, whatever's on your mind. Preston, Wes, I know you guys probably have questions for Boogie. I've got some questions, too. Before we get to that, we were talking a little bit about the transfer portal before we went to break. And some interesting numbers, guys, that I wanted to run by you, as well as some changes that the NCAA is looking to make. A lot of people, Wes, I totally agree with you. A lot of people are saying, the transfer portal's out of control. we got to get rid of it. No. No, I haven't. Not getting rid of it. If anything, you know, there they, they may be some tweaks and things like that, but but we are here. We are, we are not going to be able to, you know, kind of put that genie back in the bottle or whatever cliche you want to use. Right now... 1,765 guys, 1,765, have entered the college football transfer portal according to On3's transfer portal wire. 823 have made a commitment somewhere. So that's 47%, and only 39 have withdrawn, 2.21%. What do you all think of those numbers? Surprising. The last surprising. number was the m- number of folks who entered the portal. Entered and withdrew. withdrew. So they, I mean, they, they, went, went, they back. went back to yep. where they originally. So just based on the numbers alone, if you enter the portal, chances are you're mo- you're moving on. Like, yep. Just by the numbers, I'm saying. Because, like, you know, sometimes guys will enter the portal and fans will be like, oh, there might be a chance they come back. Chances are No. They're going somewhere else. Technically, uh, there's a chance you technically could come back. yes, but no, by the numbers, you are not right. Um, and again, I I I would 
advocate any coaches that was making that decision that, you know, once a player decided that they were moving on, you know, you better better be sure. And yeah. that's why I understand that totally. Yeah, so uh, my thought on all that is the guys who are not committed probably fall in two very distinct categories. And it's, oh, I got so many options I haven't committed yet because <laughs> I'm deciding. And then the other category is, oh, no. Did I just? Oh no! Yeah. Oh no! <laughs> yes, yeah. TikTok uh, song, I think there um, is. You know, did I just make a very, very big mistake because these are not the options that I I thought I was going to have. You know, and even the funny thing is, talking to some of the guys who ended up at Carolina, um, I think Juice Wells told me this. Uh, Devonnie Reed. Those guys were like, yeah, when I entered the portal, I had no idea. <laughs> I had no idea if I was going to have these options or not. And it's like, well, I'm glad it worked out, but that's a scary That's a scary thing. If I had a scholarship and I'm set, now i got to go tell mom, hey, I backed out on this full-ride scholarship and may have messed it up. That's, that's a scary proposition. It can be hit or miss. I mean, Juice Wells, big hit. He's done well for himself, I think. But, I mean, it, it is a good point. Does this, does this data, because we have, we don't have a lot, like years and years of data, but what we do know is that a lot of guys who've entered the portal, some from last year have not found homes. I mean, we, we have that. This year, 47%, there's still time. I mean, we have, what, five more days to enter the portal, number one. And number two, you don't have to exit the portal before January 18th. You can go find a school in the in the summer or whatever it may be. But it does appear that some guys are not immediately, as you said, Wes, finding new homes. So that, to me, kind of pushes back against, and I'll put myself in this category, I think we've overly generalized the notion that when a guy enters the portal, he knows where he's going type of thing. There are definitely those instances, a lot of times with big-time players. You know, mm-hmm. when they when they leave one school, a lot of times they enter the portal. They know what their intentions are. There's something lined up. But we have a lot of other people. I don't know. Six. I mean, there's 1,700 in the portal. We have a bunch of other dudes who are going in the portal and kind of really trying to feel out the situation as well. You mentioned a date just now, uh, January 18th. Yes. What, what was that date again? That is when the transfer portal window closes. Meaning that Meaning you, you cannot enter the you portal You can't enter anymore. the portal until there's spring. another one. The post-spring. Post yeah, spring May 1st window. through 15th is another one. Does that mean you can't get plucked out of there after that either? Or once you're in, then you're in until? you got to be in the portal before the 18th. You can still get plucked out gotcha. after. You can, okay. you can go somewhere. I, I think the interesting thing, too, is that we still have the guys in the portal that even before this and um, – by the way, as we've been having this conversation, I was thinking, you know how they do those things where it's like the word of the year or the words that were not used in vocabulary before and now they are? If you had a college football, one of those, like word of the year, portal. God. Portal and NIL. Like, we never even said those things before. Now we, we've said them like 13 times in the last 12 minutes. But um, I think there's still the guys who were transferring out before the transfer portal even existed, and it's because they weren't playing. Like, they weren't really a part of what was going on on the field. You always had that. Mm -hmm. Now, generally, I think it would be a little more down the line, like, oh, I've been here three years. I'm not playing. 
I'm going to go transfer down because I only have a couple years left and I want to actually play. Um, I think the weird thing with the portal or the new thing is you have guys who are actually playing and are starters at SEC schools or ACC schools, and they're transferring to other schools. Before the transfer portal <laughs> existed, you didn't have you didn't have that at all. Guys who were just you would think they were happy because they're getting everything they wanted. That oh, I'm still transferring out because I'm gonna go play with my buddy who's playing quarterback over there. So I, I think that's one of the biggest differences in this. You always had guys, even before the transfer portal, who were maybe transferring out, but it was iffy on where they were going to end up, and they were going to have to transfer down. Because I was sitting there thinking, it's like, I wonder how many of those guys hit the portal. They found a home, but it's not what they thought they were going to get. You know, it's like, so you could sort of say, all right, who ended up at a lower level? But then that doesn't take into account the fact that there was a lot of guys who even before all this would have been transferring down just for a chance to play. So I I don't think there's any way to have the data on this, but I would like to know how many guys hit that thing with these illusions of grandeur and then, <laughs> oh, I got to go there. Yeah, and I mean, and the barrier obviously now is so low because in the past you may be unhappy at your school, but you're like, well, I'm not stepping down a level like, like I'm playing, but there's some issues. Like uh, the one that comes to mind for me is like uh, like Kenny Irons at South Carolina. Like you go to Auburn, right? At the time, that was like, whoa! He yeah. transferred and he was at an SEC school. From one, it, it's just crazy. Now it's just like, oh, okay, it's Tuesday, you know, yeah. whatever. Like, it happens all the time. But but the reason is because it's so easy to transfer now. And so one of the things, guys, that or a few things that. NCAA is trying to, you get the sense they're trying to like control this a little bit more. And so what they're doing, they brought in another change. And so the NCAA Division I Council has approved some new legislation. And they want to try to limit waivers for second-time transfer players. So we've seen, like, for instance, uh, JT Daniels. He's played at 17 different schools now. Not, not really, but he's close. He's, he's, he's Georgia. He's he's Southern Cal, he's Georgia, he's West Virginia, and now anybody know where he's going? He's going somewhere else. So he's he's transferred several times, and so the NCAA is now trying to give you immediate eligibility if you transfer a second time, only if you're transferring due to like an injury, a mental health concern, or exigent circumstances. Yeah, and I mean, we can come back to this on the other side, but... The NCAA is just in a quandary because yeah. as long as they want to classify these athletes as students, then you can't take away the rights that every other student has. If you're a student and you want to go from school to school to school, it's probably not going to work out very well for you. You're welcome to do it. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what I would assume that the logic here is. That, sure, unlimited transfers, no problem. But At some point, yeah. it can't be free every time. That's right. right. You know what you can get free, though, guys? Some tickets to South Carolina's home basketball game. We're going to give away Auburn tickets first. We actually got two games: Gamecocks versus Auburn, 3:30 p.m. on Saturday, January 21st. That's a week and a day from today. Watch the Gamecocks take on the Auburn Tigers at home at Colonial Life Arena at 3:30. We're going to let Tyler handle that for you via the phone. If you call the Love Chevy phone lines, 803-404-6100. If you're caller number five. You have a chance to win those tickets. Give Tyler a call on the Love Chevy phone line again, 803 4 6100 
And we'll be back on the other side with more of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour live from Firehouse Subs on Forest Drive. The Extra Point on your home of the smile. The Extra Point on your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. Back on the Extra Point, the Gamecock Central full takeover hour edition as Wes and Chris are out at Firehouse Subs at 3250 Forest Drive, wrapping up hour number one. Back out to the guys. Yeah, welcome back in. We are out here at Forest Drive. Firehouse subs. Larry Chandler is here, the man who makes it all happen. Boogie Huntley is here, fresh out of workouts. We're going to hear from Boogie on the other side of this break. Uh, wonder how many of these gallon waters Boogie drinks in a day. He's he's uh, so dedicated. Was was that a thing when you were? <laughs> Preston is shaking his head. No. What uh, what do you remember about workouts, man? Oh, uh, this is the worst time of year for. Workouts. Who was your strength coach, by the way? Pat Moore. Google Pat him. Moore. Just okay. Google him. Okay. I think he was voted as the scariest looking strength coach years in a row. <laughs> he's uh, I mean, he's a cool dude once you get to know him, but it was a man of very few words, just a lot of pointing and pointing at his clock. Was he your typical, like, I have a vision when I think of strength coach, you got to be a little bit, you got to be a little bit crazy. He, yeah, so that's the thing. He wasn't much on the, on the, for the word side. Yeah. He was just more business. And sort of like I don't want to cross over, cross this dude to get on the other side of whatever he's saying. So, yeah, he was always a little nervous. That guy. We uh, are joined now by a very special guest. We got a couple in the house, but Larry Chandler, the owner operator of these uh, firehouse subs, fourteen locations now in the Midlands. We're ma- we're making our tour of of all the firehouse subs locations. We did your grand opening in Orangeburg, which is awesome. We've been to Casey. Now we're at Forest Driver. Join. Also by Boogie Huntley. He's going to be with us on uh, at the top of the 10 o'clock hour. But, Larry, how's it going? Appreciate you having us out today. Yeah, it's going great. Uh, thank you all again for coming out. Yeah, I'm very enjoying this. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a, we have a bunch to go. The uh, So I was going to ask you, Larry, um, first of all, the one for the grand opening, there were people everywhere. Uh, I mean, everywhere. But um, is this sort of like a parent where you – like, do, do you have a favorite – you know, people – your favorite kid, you're like, oh, I love all my kids equally. <laughs> do you have a favorite firehouse or do you just love them all equally? <laughs> That's what you have to say. Okay. Yeah, after after that, um, so after we moved that, then they're all equal to me. So you know, kind of your first first yeah. firehouse ever, and uh, but uh, yeah, so but they're they're all equal. So yeah, so uh, of course we're here at Forest Drive. We want everybody to come out, uh, meet Boogie. Um, Boogie has come, I believe, straight from workouts. Larry, uh, yeah. he's going to be out here. You can meet him. Maybe he'll give you an autograph. And yeah. um, then uh, what what are we serving up today? What's what what are you going to have for lunch today, Larry? Ooh, I think I'm going to go to my uh, go-to uh, brisket uh, with some bacon. Uh, that's always always good on a Friday. Uh, make sure you add the bacon to it, though. So, yeah, but we were talking a while ago. He's uh, we we're talking about how many gallons of water he drinks after workout. So, what, what was cool. the answer? Uh, he's going to drink at least two gallons uh, plus today, every day. So he's got his one gallon there right now. So it's pretty. We talked about water. So. Yeah. <laughs> 
we've been talking about. You know, some people don't like drinking water, and some do. And we, you know, by the way, we have flavored water in our freestyle machine. So if somebody doesn't just want some flavor, you can get some water uh, with the freestyle. How, how many combinations are in the oh, freestyle? Lord, it's uh, over over 110. Uh, it could be more than that, but it's at least 110 different flavors wow. you can make up in that crazy machine. All right, so come on out, uh, meet Boogie, get 110 yep. different flavors uh, in the freestyle machine. Uh, we're going to talk to Boogie on the other side, so yep. come on out. Uh, this is the Gamecock Central Takeover at uh, Firehouse Subs on Forest Drive. Former Navy SEAL Sean Ryan shares real stories from real people from all walks of life on the Sean Ryan Show. Wealth strategist Rob Luna. If you can solve a problem in this world better than anyone else, you're going to make a lot of money. And that's really what a business's ultimate goal is, whether it's your business or a manufacturing business. It's about solving a problem, making a bigger impact in people's lives than anyone else on scale. I mean, I've been trying to scale my business, but I can't find somebody to conduct these interviews. Yeah. The Sean Ryan Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. 